You're listening to Scorched. A raw, real, and unfiltered podcast about drag racing and motorsports. Hosted by the man willing to burn it all down. And now, the man himself, E3 Extreme's own Damon Steinke. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Scorched. Today, we're going to talk about a much more serious topic. We're not going to talk about drag racing today. Well, I guess in a a certain way we will, but what we're going to focus on today is this episode, we're going to talk about mental health. Um, If you've followed along on social media for a while, you know that... uh, I've written an article about mental health. I've discussed my own mental health before. And unfortunately, it's that season, if you will, that mental health uh, not only tends to get ignored because we're all too wrapped up in everything that we're doing with the holiday season, but it's also uh, not only does it get ignored, Unfortunately, it's the time of year where a lot of people with mental health issues suffer in silence. Um, I know over the last couple of years it's been rough to say the least when we're talking about mental health because of all the issues that have been going on worldwide with the pandemic. Uh, But yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas are are difficult times for people that suffer with mental health issues, whether they suffer in silence or whether they seek out help. So it's an issue that a lot of people don't want to talk about, and some of the ones that do want to talk about it, I've noticed, seem to only want to talk about it to... I don't know, impress somebody or, you know, they're not doing it for the right reasons. That pisses me off to no end. Um, in today's society, what I have found is way more people publicly suffer with mental health issues. They use social media as an outlet for healing or even for hiding mental health issues which in itself is a terrible idea because social media is probably one of the biggest reasons for mental health issues sometimes you know not everybody on your on your friends list is really your friend in case you haven't figured that out um you will find as somebody who has suffered with mental health for years A lot of people don't want to hear about your mental health issues. They'll say you're, they'll, they'll tell you that they are your friend, but guess what? When it really comes down to it and you need somebody to talk to at two o'clock in the morning, they're not going to answer the phone. And if they do half the time, they're just going to tell you to get the fuck over it. Let me tell you something. If you don't suffer from mental health issues. One, congratulations. And two, don't ever tell somebody with mental health issues 
to just get the fuck over it or nut up or man up or whatever it may be. And obviously I'm talking about this from a, a man's perspective, but plenty of women suffer through mental health issues, whether it's something to do with seasonal depression, postpartum depression, relationships, whatever it is. A lot of us in the world suffer um, in silence because really um, the biggest thing that I hear from people when I when I talk to my friends about what's going on in their life and they're like, well, I'm kind of depressed or whatever it may be, going through some shit. And I say, well, why didn't you call? Why didn't you call? Even if you're not going to call me, why didn't you call, you know, one of your other friends? You want to know what the number one reason that I heard over and over and over throughout the years, I don't want to be a burden on somebody. What do you mean you don't want to be a burden on somebody? If they're your friend, you're never going to be a burden on them. If they are your friend, they want you to reach out and talk to them about it. So for you to say, I don't want to be a burden on somebody, uh, you need to find new friends. For one, you need to find a new circle if, if you're concerned about being a burden on somebody because that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I've gotten plenty of, you know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. text messages, phone calls in the past, especially around Christmas time, where people are just at their, for, for better terminology, at their wit's end and don't know what to do anymore. I'm not by any means a professional when it comes to mental health issues. I didn't study psychology or psychiatry or anything else like that when I went to school. But I have dealt with my own mental health issues for well over 30 years. The ups and downs and one minute feeling like you're perfectly fine and the next minute feeling like the entire world is ending. And let's face it, everything that is bombarded in front of us on a daily basis, 24 hours a day, all of the negativity, it's very easy to get frustrated and feel hopeless and feel like you've got nobody to turn to. If you feel that way, give me a call, we'll talk. Um, and if it's not me, you know, if you can't, like I said, if you can't rely on your family or friends, to discuss these issues and how you're feeling and 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 things like that then you need to find some new friends and if your family um doesn't want to be supportive of your mental health and getting better I hate to say it find somebody else to talk to because unfortunately family is not always blood i mean you know, we call a lot of people family, but are they really? I mean, just because you're born into a family does not necessarily define them as your family. And you have to remember that uh, as much as you want your family to be that that family unit, 
Sometimes you've got to rely on other people to get you through. And there's nothing wrong with that. So get, I, I, impart, I, I, I beg you, I absolutely beg you, get past the idea that you're ever a burden on somebody because of your mental health issues. Because you're not. You really aren't. And all of us in our community would much rather you quote-unquote burden us, which again, not a burden, but call us, talk to us, show up at the house, whatever it may be, we would all much rather have that than the alternative. Because the alternative, for those that don't know, um, and, and I know that a lot of my listeners aren't big fans of the CDC, but they are, uh, they are the ones that report on information. Did you know, and this is something that I learned today too, uh, and of, again, this is through 2019, so this doesn't include the quote-unquote pandemic years, but the second leading cause of death be, from ages 10 to 35 is suicide. And it's the fourth leading cause for ages 35 to 44, and the fifth leading cause for 45 to 54. So let's think about that a second. I mean, we are talking about a staggering amount of people that get to the point in their life where they feel that they have no out, no other choice, that they have gone down the rabbit hole so far, down that dark hole that sometimes is extremely difficult to pull yourself up from, and this is the only, uh, this is the only way out. It makes me wonder, did they not have anybody to talk to? And if they did, why not? I mean, you know, I look at, I look at these teen, the rate of suicide for teenagers. I'm going to contribute a lot of that. Not all of it, but a lot of that. I really have a strong inkling has got to do with social media and the way that people treat each other nowadays. Because so many, and, and I talked about this in, in one of last week's podcasts, the fans versus fanatics, the way that we talk to each other in such a disgusting tone all of the time. Like, I can read through, whether it's Facebook comments or TikTok comments or whatever it may be, and the way that people degrade each other to feel better about themselves is disappointing and disheartening and, you know, makes you wonder where, where the fuck we're at um, as far as the human race goes and civilization as a whole. Have we really come that far? Kind of makes you wonder, are we really at the top of the food chain? Again, kind of makes you wonder. What triggers some of this stuff? Um, for guys, a lot of, it, it, again, it, coming from the male perspective, there are so many triggers, and I think a lot can be said for women too, uh, that may feel these same triggers, Inag- inadequacy uh, with relationships, uh, failure of relationships, failure financially, failure, you know, feeling like you're a failure as a parent. Or in, in a man's case, feeling like you're a failure as a, 
a father, a husband, a boyfriend, a lover, a friend, whatever it may be, there are a lot of triggers out there. And I think the same can be said for women as well. And then there are the, uh, the other triggers. Uh, we live in a society that, listen, as many of my friends know, I don't care what your preferences are in life or what you label yourself as or anything else. Uh, but a lot of that are, are triggers to what is going on and what the data shows. Uh, it cannot, it, 25, 30 years ago, it wasn't easy for a man or a woman to come out as gay. Well, now imagine having to do that in a society where everything is under the microscope 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that everybody has access to everybody's life all of the time. The cyberbullying, the bullying at school, which unfortunately we've all seen videos of bullying at school and it seems like the teachers just kind of, again, not digging on teachers um, because I think a lot of the time their hands are tied in, in regards to a lot of things they've got to take a step back and aren't able to intervene in a lot of the bullying. And then these kids and even adults that have been stuck at home for a year or a year and a half, social distancing and having to do everything online, uh, whether it's school or work, whatever it may be, it really opens the floodgate for uh, a lack of human interaction and uh, inability to process uh, a lot of things. And then you tag on to that. Now we've gotten to the time of year where we have to look at the seasonal depression. I mean, it's getting dark at what, 5.30 at night? I live in the I live in the eastern time zone and I think by like 5.30 at night last night, quarter to six, it was already dark. I mean, that's that in itself is fucking depressing. Uh, so what do you do about those things? I don't have, it, there's not a one size fits all answer for mental health issues because everybody processes these things differently and everybody has a different way of uh, handling and a different coping mechanisms that they utilize. Uh, some of them just hide it and, and don't talk about it and hope it goes away. Some people are very open about it. I think being open about it, I think it takes a stronger man or woman to be open about their mental health issues than it does to hide it. Because the fear of, I guess you could call it repercussions, uh, because or judgments, because everybody is going to judge everybody else. Even even all these Bible thumping Christians who sit and cherry pick Bible verses on on the internet and post all of this bullshit that they don't actually live by, um, but they want to make themselves look good and hide behind the Bible. Uh, they're going to be the first ones to judge you for mental health issues and we don't we don't we don't go to a shrink to talk about our problems and you keep that in house and you don't talk about these things why don't we talk about these things 
we seem to be, as a society, open about everything else in our lives. Oh, I'm having a kid. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm in a new relationship. Oh, I'm going through a divorce. Oh, this happened, that happened. Oh, I'm, you know, coming out of the closet. Whatever it is, all of these things are on the table to talk about. And typically, people aren't getting shunned for them. But the moment we start talking about mental health, everybody is like, oh, yep, we're not going to talk about that. Can't talk about that. Don't put all your shit on social media or or anything like that, because if you do, you're going to get judged. You're going to be shunned, and people are going to be very, very open about it. Hmm. A little bit of hypocrisy there, if you ask me. How come we can talk about everything else, but we can't talk about mental health? God, I see every day people posting, I got my vaccine, I, I've, I got the jab, whatever it is. So we're talking about our health issues, and and more power to you, but we're talking about our health issues, but yet we don't talk about mental health. We can talk about alcoholism, drug use, rehab, all that, but just don't talk about mental health because I think it scares people. I think it scares people because they're worried that they may have the same type of issues and they don't want to face those issues. They don't know how to face those issues. And then when they see somebody else getting judged for being open about those issues, they're going to close themselves off. And certainly not talk about their own issues, which will lead to further problems. I was I was sitting back thinking over the last few days, because this is an episode that I've been wanting to make. Obviously, it's almost two years now that uh, two years ago that I wrote um, an article that I think was probably one of the best things that I had ever wrote on E3 in regards to mental health, because I work in an industry where we don't talk about mental health. It's a very, it's a very testosterone manly industry. Yes, there are plenty of amazing women who are part of our industry, but as a man, it is a very male driven testosterone filled, um, kind of place where you don't talk about a lot of that shit. And if you do, it's in in dark corners with just a few of your friends because you don't want anybody else to know. Guess what? Those days are over. That's bullshit. Fucking get over get over the idea that we can't talk about it within the um within the motorsports industry. Because if I hear any of you talking about, well, we shouldn't be talking about this in in the motorsports industry. We're a bunch of tough guys. Yeah, you're also a fucking idiot then. Um, so, yeah, it's we need to get past the stigma of talking about it. And if we can get past the stigma of talking about it, it may save lives. I mean, isn't that really the goal as a friend is to be there for another person to make sure that you are doing everything in your power uh, to not have to go to the hospital after uh, a decision is made or even worse, carry a casket. Um, 
and I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody, but what I'm saying is we need to do better at being there for our friends. We need to be more accepting of the people in our, in our stratosphere, if you will, of everyday life and even that extended friends and family. Like for me in the drag racing community, um, it's not really a community. We, we, we call it a family. We act like a very dysfunctional family a lot of the time. And we'll talk about politics and religion and everything else. But again, there seems to be this thing about not talking about mental health. And if you talk about mental health, you're just not, a, you're not tough. You're just a, you know, a this, that, or I could use numerous different, uh, descriptive words in regards to what people get called for talking about their mental health, especially as a man. I've been doing a lot of um, thinking uh, over the last, I don't know, while in regards to my own mental health. It comes and goes, ups and downs, things like that. So to give you some back story so that you understand where I'm coming from. From a very young age, I had, if you will, depression issues. Not, I don't really have anxiety issues. I definitely have, I have anxiety about heights, but other than that, I don't really have anxiety issues. I do have depression issues. And it's been an ongoing battle probably since the early 80s, maybe, and really started ramping up towards the late 80s once I got into my early teen years and proceeded through my teen years. Um, there have been times where I have thought that the only way out was to uh, not be here anymore. Even even well into my 40s, I've had those I've had those thoughts and those issues. Uh, there have been times where I took too much antidepressants, thinking that I could actually overdose on that. Uh, I used to cut myself. Um, there were times where I um, I woke up in the morning in 2019, September of 2019. I woke up and I was supposed to go to a race. And I was trying to determine whether I wanted to um, use my use my vape uh, because I had quit smoking at the time, and either have my vape in my mouth or my Glock. Those were my two decisions, and that was really that was one of my rock bottom points, along with um, a time in the spring of two thousand and fourteen. Um, Shortly after I had, uh, my, my ex-wife and I had split up and I had moved out on my own for the first time really ever in my adult life. And I found myself one morning on the floor of my kitchen, uh, with a bottle of crown and a glass of melted ice and I was so drunk that I couldn't harm myself physically because I had drank so much the night before that I had passed out on my kitchen floor. Uh, so really the only thing that had saved me that night was um, honestly how drunk I had gotten 
And I woke up the next morning and was inundated with voicemails and text messages. Apparently, I had posted some things on social media that had concerned some of my friends. Um, I had a voicemail that I still keep to this day. I still have a voicemail saved from a very close friend of mine uh, from that moment. And it helps to remind me to try not to go back to that place. In 2019, I had just... That September, I had gone through a lot of personal shit um, and found myself very alone. It was really the first time I had, um, you know, I had I was living someplace where I don't really have a lot of friends. Uh, my family doesn't live here. Uh, gone through a breakup, gone through... Um, my business partner uh, moving out and um, taking a new job and I was completely lost didn't really didn't really know what to do who to turn to who I could turn to and who I could trust and that's one of the other issues is it is hard to trust people because you will tell them something and immediately they will go and tell five other people um, so having the privacy of, um, and, and it's one thing to talk to other people about something without mentioning names, just so, you know, you can take, for example, if I call somebody and talk to somebody about my issues and they call somebody and say, well, you know, one of my friends is having these issues. I don't have a problem with that. Because maybe that third party is going to offer them something that they can then turn around and offer me um, to help the situation. And obviously, I am not uh, fearful at this point in my life about who knows what about me. Um, because if I can help somebody else feel more comfortable talking about their issues... Um, then it's been a productive day. Because like I said, I have plenty of friends who have gone through, came out the other side. I know people who haven't. Uh, some of the most difficult things in life, and I want to address the guys on this because, um, again, I know it from a man's point of view. One of the most, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the most difficult things to go through as a man is uh, a divorce. The, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I know others who have um, dealt with this issue too. You feel like a failure. Like when I got divorced, my mom asked me, you know, how I was feeling. And I said, well, it's just another thing I failed at. Like a job, like other relationships, like school. Because this was in 2014, so this was years before I'd finished my undergrad or my master's degree. And I was a high school dropout. So I looked at it, and I got depressed because I'm like, I fail at every single thing that I attempt to accomplish. I've started other businesses before, failed. I've got fired from jobs. I've quit jobs. I've failed at relationships. I've failed at friendships. 
So I chalked it up to another failure. And that put me in a terrible place. And I think a lot of men look at it as, you know, maybe I should have tried harder, or maybe I should have done this. And, and I think women do too, but um, I don't know if women, again, I would have to talk to somebody else about this who has gone through it. I don't know if women look at themselves as a failure if their marriage doesn't work so much as a man does. I know a lot of men who look at themselves as failures when relationships don't work, even if the other person is the one that leaves the relationship. In my case, it was I was the one that left, but still felt like an absolute failure that I had failed the expectations of my parents, my grandparents, uh, my wife at the time, uh, my friends. Like I had failed all of these people. And the older I got, I started to realize that I hadn't failed anybody, um, that I was doing this to to be better. And it was as difficult as that as that is to move on from, I mean, I was married for 12 years and we were together for 14 years, um, to move on from a relationship that you spent a third of your adult life in that's that's a tough that's a tough one it's tough to not feel like a failure but i realize that these are all life experiences like i don't have regrets in life i have lessons and they're all they're all leading me down some path of somewhere uh, taking me somewhere and doing something but I no longer hide behind the fact that I have these issues. Like forever, I, I'm like, well, I, you know, I have a, I have a reputation and, you know, I'm an angry guy and this, that, or the other thing. But you know what? The simple fact is I deal with depression and I deal with severe depression sometimes. Now I will say it has gotten better, but there are, what I call triggers. And I don't know technical terms. I call them triggers. Um, I've been single now for the better part of, uh, I don't know, over two years. I've also been living by myself for over two years, which is the longest I have ever as an adult lived by myself. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at taking care of myself by myself. I'm not saying I need somebody to take care of me. I'm saying that if I am not on the road at a racetrack doing what I love to do, I'm not good at just being home. I'm not good at going out to dinner by myself or going out to lunch by myself. There are a lot of aspects of my life that I like to share and that for me is a trigger, like going out to dinner by myself. A uh, prime example would be when I was at FL2K uh, last month down in uh, Bradenton, Florida. We got done uh, at a decent time or whatever, and I went to Chili's and I sat at the bar by myself. And I did it again when we were at. Um, PDRA World Finals in Virginia. Went to another restaurant, sat at the bar by myself. And I keep coming back to that by myself thing. 
These are not things that I like to do by myself, but I also have to learn that it's okay to do those things by yourself. Um, I have a close friend that I've talked to her numerous times about this. She's She was much better when she was single at, at these types of things, but there's also a, a very large age gap. And I think when you're younger, you look at uh, these these types of things in a much different light than you do when you're in your 40s and, and on because um, when you start to get into your mid-40s and, and you just keep getting, I hate to use the word older, but you get older and you want to be able to spend time and share experiences and things like that with somebody else. So those can be triggers for people. Um, you can go from having the greatest day. I can go to having the greatest day at the racetrack. Oh, I absolutely, I, I, I killed it with taking these photos and, and I created some amazing content. 30 minutes later, I can go from that high to sitting by myself at a bar, not drinking, but just sitting there getting food and going, this fucking sucks. So sometimes those ups and downs uh, one, are not controllable, and two, simple triggers. It could be a song, a smell, whatever it may be. There's a lot of us that have simple triggers. Um, but again, if you are not willing to talk about it with your friends, I call my friends all the time, um, I, and I have um, a select group of friends that I'll call, I'll text, whatever it may be. And I'll be like, I'm not, I'm not doing okay. Like, I'll be very honest. I, I called, I called a couple of friends, uh, two or three weeks ago. I said, I'm not doing all right. Like I'm at home by myself and like, I'm not, I'm not like not doing okay to the point where I don't want to be here like on this earth, but I'm just not doing okay with being alone and not having people to hang out with or socialize with and things like that. And it may sound silly to some people. Like, why do you need that in your life? That's just the way I am. Um, I like being around people as much as I don't like people. Sometimes I still like being around people. Even if I'm just standing there listening to other people, and just being around people and being in, in social circumstances. Um, you know, if I were, if, if I were in a relationship and I were at home and when I'm at home, there's somebody there to spend time with, to go out to meals with, to go out to do things with, it sounds like, well, you must need somebody in your life. I don't need somebody in my life, uh, would much rather have. and. What I have also learned in the last couple of years, being single and living by myself and going through a lot of this stuff, I've kind of learned who I am more than I probably ever did before. And that's something that a lot of people with mental health issues don't spend any time doing. We spend more time covering up our issues and ignoring our own red flags than we do actually learning about ourselves and making ourselves happy. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do 
to make myself happy and will continue to do, whether that's traveling or hanging out with friends when I get an opportunity, going back home to see my mom. There's plenty of things that I do that bring me joy. But there's also those moments where you, you kind of feel lonely. And as somebody who really strives to do better with their mental health and make it a much more acceptable atmosphere for others to deal with their mental health, we all have to work on ourselves also, though. Uh, in the last two years, I've realized what I will and will not, and, and this may sound like a terrible word to use, but I, what I will and will not tolerate when it comes to friendships, business relationships, personal relationships, things like that. I know what I want in my life. I know what brings me joy. And the things that don't bring me joy, I've been working on just eliminating out of my life. And that's what a lot of people, obviously, if, you know, you've got, it's a little bit more difficult if you've got, like, kids with an ex or something like that, that, you know, you don't have to talk to. I'm lucky because I get along with all of my exes and have very good um, friendships with all of them and am able to speak openly and honestly about, you know, if I'm not doing well. I've called my ex-wife before and talked to her because, I mean, who's going to really know me better than somebody who spent almost 14 years with me? And I'm, I'm in a situation where I can voice my opinions about stuff, and I am very lucky because... I have people in my life who are willing to listen, and I don't ever feel like I'm really a burden. Um, so in that, I feel very lucky. But I know that there's a lot of people who don't have those opportunities, or I shouldn't say that they don't have those opportunities. They feel like they don't have those opportunities. And they're worried about what other people are going to think. Here's what I have to say to the people out there that are listening to this, that are worried about what other people are going to think if you discuss your mental health issues. They, being the people who may judge you, can all fuck off. Because all that matters is your happiness and your mental well-being. If they've got a problem with you needing to talk about your uh, mental welfare, if they've got a problem with that, they can, they can really just go fuck themselves. Uh, they've got no place in your life. Um, and you should waste absolutely not a minute of breath on them because they're doing nothing for you, nothing for your mental health, nothing for your well-being as a person. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do to get yourself out of that funk? What are you going to do to avoid being a statistic? What are you going to do to bring joy to your life and make you happy? Um, I mean, make a list, sit down, think about it for a second. If you've got to go talk to a professional, if you've got to take medication, listen, I've been on medication before. Um, 
a few times in my life for my mental health. Uh, the last time it was, uh, I had adverse reactions, so I just stopped taking it, which I don't, again, highly recommend for anybody because I'm not a doctor and you should definitely talk to your doctor about um, any of that type of stuff. But don't be afraid to talk to somebody about your mental health issues. Don't ever be afraid to talk to somebody. Uh, you really, you really need to, excuse me, you really need to be open and honest with yourself and with society as a whole. And yes, people, you know, people very well may judge you. That doesn't mean anything. Let them judge. That's their problem, not yours. Don't allow the bullying of grown-ass adults, for that matter, don't let their bullying or their opinion, which is a misinformed opinion, or it's a coping mechanism that they use to not deal with their own shit, don't let those things get into your head and make you feel like you don't have somebody to talk to. And while I'm at it, I want to mention this. Now, I have never called this before. I know people who have. Um, but 1-800-273-8255. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you ever feel, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, if you ever feel like you're at wit's end and just, you know, you can't handle it. You feel like you can't talk to your family. You can't talk to your friends, whatever it may be. Call them. Give them a call and talk to them. Work it out. I don't, <clears throat> they don't care if it's three o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the morning. Give them a call. Um, and I don't care if you're to the point where you want to do it or if you're just having thoughts of it, whatever it may be, call somebody. <clears throat> Don't ever sit on those thoughts because those thoughts can easily lead you down a dark hole that becomes extremely difficult to climb yourself out of. And some of the other suggestions that I will always make are... You know, I think there's there's something to be said for certain foods and diets. I think that I am in a much better mood when I drink a lot of water versus soda or um, anything else. Um, but there's also a lot of crutches out there. What you need to do is figure out what works for you, not the not the band aids, not the patches, not the um, you know, head in the sand, but truly figure out what works for you, whether that's going outside and going for a walk or getting on a routine, um, you know, go and do something that brings you some joy and happiness. Even if, like I said, even if that is just a walk or being outside and exercising or, uh, they have linked exercise to mental health as well. And I can tell you from somebody who is fat that sometimes 
weight and things like that will play a negative role in your mental health because you do not have a good uh, outlook about yourself. And that uh, that can play a major role. I, I would love to st- see statistics, and I'm sure that there's some somewhere. I would love to see the statistics of people who commit suicide that are overweight, um, out of shape, things like that. Um, I bet you you would be surprised to find that uh, that could definitely be a contributing factor to your mental health because of the way that you look at yourself. Everyone, and this is this comes back to the mental health issue. And and I've had this discussion numerous times with women. I don't feel pretty. I don't look pretty. That all contributes to depression and mental health issues. Um, I don't see what anybody else sees in me, and how could anybody ever want... The problem is you're looking in a mirror that's looking back at you through your own eyes, and you've already got this preconceived notion on what you look like. You are already, before you even look into that mirror, all you're going to do is find the negative. You're going to pinpoint every single negative thing that there is about you. And then you'll have other men or women tell you, you're absolutely beautiful, we love this, we love that, whatever whatever it is. And you sit there and you question them and you don't believe them. And the reason that you don't believe them is because you spend so much time looking at yourself through your own eyes. But what you need to remember is your own eyes can lie to you. Looking at somebody through their eyes, which obviously isn't physically possible, but when I see beauty in a woman who constantly says, well, you know, I'm not pretty or I don't like this or I don't like that. And I'm looking at her going, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes. Because if you could see yourself through my eyes, you would see the strength and the beauty and other things about yourself that you will never see through your own eyes because all you want to do is nitpick at everything. So that plays into um, a big role in mental health, and I see that a lot more in women than I do men. Um, I think we as a society have gotten, at least as far as men go, we don't give two shits if some you know, douche nozzles walking around with six pack abs and he's a gym rat and he has the uh he has the IQ of a fucking box of hammers. We don't really care. Um I think a lot of guys they're like, I am the way I am and you could take it or leave it. I mean early, early in my twenties I remember because I was, you know, larger then too. Early in my 20s, I, there was this woman who specifically told one of my friends, didn't even have the nerve to tell me, told one of my friends at the bar, you know, I'd really date him if he lost some weight and went to the gym. And my friend looked at her like, did that shit just come out of your mouth? 
because you don't even deserve him if you're going to say some shit like that. And it's 100% true. The, the idea that somebody is only going to accept you based on their preconception of what you should look like or how you should act plays a big role in mental health. And those people are just throwaway pieces of shit anyways that have their own problems. And I think they're masking a lot of their own problems by projecting onto you um, what they think uh, you should or shouldn't look like. It's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. I don't know. It's, it's tough nowadays for people to be able to get away from all of the sensory overload uh, that social media and your cell phone and work, kids, family, and then you add, you start throwing all these holidays into the equation. Halloween, never been a big fan. I'm not really a big fan. I mean, I don't need to dress up to look ugly. Um, so... But Thanksgiving and Christmas, let's think about this for a second. Thanksgiving and Christmas are two of the most stressful holidays for people with mental health issues because the expectation is that you're going into these holidays happy. Everyone's going to be happy and you're going to see your family. And what it also is, is two of the biggest cover-up holidays because you're going there knowing that there's an expectation placed on you that you have to act in a certain manner and that you have to be happy and glad to see everybody and all this other fake-ass bullshit. When in reality, all you want to do is curl up in a corner and cry for hours on end because you're miserable. But nobody gets to see that. Nobody, You think that nobody wants to see that and nobody wants to hear about it. So you just hide it. You go and put on your little act for, you know, five, six, seven hours or whatever on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then you come home to an empty house or even if, it, you know, you're married and have kids or whatever. You, you know, you come home and you find your own little corner and you cry it out for 10 minutes. And then you act like you're happy again for another couple of days. And it's just a cycle that you're not going to break until you're willing to talk about it. Call a friend, you know, tell your significant other, whatever it may be. And, you know, find people in your life that are going to be supportive of you and what you're going through and what you need as a human being to put you back in the right frame of mind and to put you on a path of joy and happiness. Now, I will say, I don't want you guys to get confused about happiness. Happiness and joy are two totally separate things. I can do a lot of things to make me happy. Happy is a short term. You know, I can go drink a beer. Maybe it'll make me happy. I can go eat a pizza. Make me happy. I can go drive my car real fast. Make me happy. And go listen to loud music. It'll make me happy. Joy is the long-term things, the things that are going to 
be burnt into your brain. For me, sitting sitting outside in nature and watching the sun come up or watching the sunset and um there's there's a lot of things in this world that can bring me happiness. There are less things that bring me true joy. Um seeing my friends happy about a relationship or if they've just had a child, things like that, that brings me joy. Um being sometimes being by myself outside taking taking photos or just watching deer and wildlife is that'll bring me joy. So that is a much more for me personally, a much more longer lasting euphoria than basic happiness. I think happiness is I think a lot of people get very confused and think that they're always supposed to be happy and it's it's fucking easy to be happy i mean you know go do something that makes you happy i mean that's pretty fucking simple you can always 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 find something whether it's eating or drinking or getting laid or whatever it is you can find something to make you happy how long is that happiness gonna last find things that bring you joy Joy is really what you want to strive for in life, is being joyful. You know, like like that five-year-old kid on Christmas morning in the joy that the, you know, the presents under the tree, they're not happy at that point. They're joyful. And who doesn't feel warm in their heart when they see... Little kids on Christmas morning looking at all those presents and, you know, things like that. Find things in life that bring you joy. If going racing, going to concerts, if those are things that bring you true joy, do it. But don't always rely on the short-term bullshit. Oh, let's go get drunk. Well, it's probably going to make you happy, and then you're going to feel like shit the next day. So you're really not happy, if you think about it. I mean, if you're sad, going out and getting fucked up is not really going to help. If you're lonely, if you're depressed, again, going out and getting fucked up is not going to help. It's going to be a short-term Band-Aid. But it's like putting a band-aid on something that needs stitches. Not saying don't do it. I'm saying don't rely on it. That would be much better wording on my part. Don't rely on that. Um, because yes, you do want to be happy, but you want to be joyful. Because joyful warms the heart. And that the more things that you can find joy in each and every day will greatly help your mental health as well. And, you know, creating inspirational quotes or, you know, if you've got to read inspirational quotes and stuff like that to make yourself better, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't forget, somebody somewhere, there's a good chance 
that you're their inspiration. There are people that I wake up every day and I go, those people inspire me. It's the same as looking at yourself versus looking at yourself through somebody else's eyes. They may not see it. You may not see the inspiration that you bring somebody else. Your kids may always be arguing with you or yelling at you, but you know what? Deep down inside, at some point, they're going to realize you're their inspiration. You are probably going to be somebody's inspiration, if not multiple people's inspiration. Inspiration can bring joyfulness and happiness. So let's not forget those things. And let's not forget that if you are not in a good place and you need somebody to talk to, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. I mean, why? There's no reason not to ask for help. If you need it, ask for it. And if you can't ask for it, show it in some way. Make a post. Even even if you're making a post with memes instead of, you know, making a post straight out going, you know, I need help. Because most people aren't just going to go on social media and say, I need help. They're going to post things that make it obvious that they're not doing okay without being obvious that they're not doing okay. It's going to be the memes or the memories or things like that. As a friend, as a family, pay attention to those things. Pay attention to the friends that you have. Reach out to them. Hey, you doing okay? You need to chat? You want to go out, get some something to eat? You know, look at those things and, and ask yourself, am I being a good friend? Does my friend need help? Is it okay for me to ask if my friend needs help? It is always 100% always okay to ask somebody if they need help. And it is also 100% always okay to ask for help. Those two things, there's never anything wrong with asking for help, and there's never anything wrong with asking somebody if they need help. Because they may be too afraid to ask for the help, So by you breaking the ice and going, you doing okay? Is there anything I can do to help? You know, just acknowledge the fact that you pay attention enough in in your own little world that they mean enough to you to know something's wrong. I know a couple of my friends right now paying very close attention to the way that they talk, the way that they are on social media, the way that they message me, because I know they're not doing okay. But they also know that they can call me whenever they want. And I've already had long discussions with some. Whether it's about my own mental health or theirs. You gotta help each other through this. It's the only, you see way too much divide in the world. It's time that we get back to helping each other when the help is needed. Like I said, not everybody is always going to ask for help. Sometimes you have to be the one to reach out that hand and go, You good? 
You need some help? What can I help you with? You sure you're okay? And if you're really, really worried about it, don't afraid to be a little persistent. Good friends, really true friends, they're going to know you're not trying to be annoying. You're just being persistent to make sure that they're okay. It's the same as calling out friends on their bullshit. If you've got people in your life that can't stand you calling them out on their bullshit, they don't appreciate your friendship and they don't know what a real friend is. Start being there for each other. It will make, it will and could make a world of difference to so many people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask. No matter which side of the, which side of the issue that you're on, whether you're the one that needs the help or offering the help, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to talk about it. And certainly don't be afraid that people are going to judge because everybody has got their own shit going on. You don't know what the fuck somebody else is going through until you walk in their shoes. And guess what? You're never going to walk in their shoes. You don't know what somebody else is going through. You never will. So just be there for each other when, if we're going to call ourselves family and friends and things like that, start acting like it. Be there for each other. Be supportive. Be willing to talk about um, the shit that's going on. And if you can't do it with them, there's plenty of people, there's plenty of professionals out there. Um, I, I've heard some people go, well, I can't go because it costs too much. Well, if it costs too much, guess what? Um, you are essentially putting a price tag on what your value to this world is. And if you, if you can't afford them, call me, talk to me, talk to a friend, you know, there are plenty of people that are going to be out there for you that truly care about you. So don't for one minute think that nobody cares because there's always somebody who cares. There's truly always somebody out there who cares and wants to see the best for you. No matter who you are, they want to see the best for you. And they would much rather spend three hours on the phone in the dead of the night making sure that you're okay than getting a phone call that, that next morning that you're not okay. Because you don't want that phone call. Trust me. It's never a phone call anybody wants to get. So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's episode of Scorched. I hope that some of you will really um, pay attention to the things that I had to say today in regards to the mental health because it is important. It is important to do good for yourself, do good for the people around you, and be open and honest with your issues. And it's also important for the other people to be accepting of those issues and do what they can to help. And if they can't help, maybe they know somebody who can help. And if none of them can help, there's always that phone number to call. And I'm going to give you that phone number one more time. And everybody should have this programmed into their phone. It's 
Let me give that to you one more time because I took my glasses off. It's 1-800-273-8255-247-365. There's going to be somebody there that you can talk to if you can't reach anybody else. Or you just want to talk to somebody that you don't even know. But don't sit in silence. Don't think that nobody cares. Because we do. We all do. We all care in our own ways. But don't don't just sit there and mask it and band-aid it. Because we all need to be here for each other. So, I look forward to uh, hearing from you guys, talking to you guys next time. Um, if you've got anything specific that you would like me to talk about on the show... It's Damon at E3Extreme.com. That's D-A-M-O-N at E3X-T-R-E-M-E.com. You guys are always feel free to email me. Uh, again, make sure to support those companies that support me being able to do this. Uh, that includes Menser Motorsports. Classic Graphics, Garrett Advancing Motion, and MacFab Beadlocks. So until next time, I wish you all a wonderful day. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. And remember, don't be afraid to talk about it. You've been listening to Scorched. Scorched. Raw. Raw. Real. Real. And unfiltered. Join us next time when Damon scorches it all again to find previous episodes, news, commentary, and event coverage. Head to E3 Extreme. There is no one better.